Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Let's turn to John chapter 2, verse number 1. I feel like God wants to say something to us today. And I'm reading from the NIV version. I understand they have King James. It's all good. We're in the same family. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. Aren't you glad that although some things don't matter to God, we matter to God. And because of that, he still steps right in. Somebody ought to give him a praise right there. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial, somebody say washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Somebody say he's saving the best for last. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. I want to preach this morning from this subject and I want you to find three people on your way to your seat and just tell them remember the jars. Find three people and tell them remember the jars. Remember the jars. You can be seated after you found through. Thank you brother. Always good man. Love you brother. Thank you man. Appreciate you guys. Remember the jars. I'm reminded of an experience, and don't judge me for this, maybe you've been here before too, but I'm reminded of an experience, and I can remember because I don't go that often, but I do remember experience that I had at the gym. And uh, I was at the gym, and I, and I had a good workout. Thank you, one person caught that. Thank you all for believing that I just go to the gym. God bless you. I can leave right now and get whatever I need. But um, so I, I'm reminded of a trip to the gym, and I remember going to the gym and I had a good workout, but this particular day I was feeling good. I had one of those workouts where I wasn't tired afterwards and I had some more energy. So I noticed that there was a basketball court there. 
And uh, I, I really contemplated going to the basketball court to play ball after my workout. And the idea was really good. And then I looked and I saw some guys that were in the gym. And so I realized that those guys probably pay, play ball a little bit more than me. So I hesitated to go into the, in the gym, and, and don't judge me for this, but the reason why I hesitated is because I'm a man of pride. I, I can admit I have pride in certain areas. And, and the last thing I wanted to happen was I walk in that gym and I'd be the last person picked on the team. Now, you, you can laugh all you want, but there's something when everybody is fighting over who does not want you. And, and I didn't want to be the guy that was standing there saying, pick me, because I'm one of those people. I'll just say, you know what? I don't even want to play. I'm sorry, but if I can't be first, I'm surely not going to be last. So I'm one of those people that can just say, you know what? I'm good. So I decided not to go, and I decided not to play ball. And it was a good decision because as I walked around and I stayed a little bit longer and saw those guys play, I'm glad I didn't embarrass myself like that. Amen. But, 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 but here's something that I, I thought about is I thought about the fact that in picking a team, obviously when you want to win something, you pick the people that look the best. When you want to win something, you're putting together a team that gives you the most chance to succeed. But what's interesting about that is although that is what we do in the way that we think naturally, I, I, I then begin to think about how God operates and how God is the complete reverse of that. He's the complete opposite of that because when I think about how God does his best work, God does his greatest work under the least likely circumstances. It, it is so amazing that I need the best team. I need the best people. I need the best resources. I need the best circumstances. But God says, William, I don't even need what you need in order to do something great. As a matter of fact, you can have everything you want. You can have everything you need. And God says, I'm still able to do more than that and in less time than what you thought was necessary. Is there anybody in the room that can say that's an encouraging word right there? Because certainly when I consider my own life, when I consider my own circumstances, when I can consider the way things are lined up. My situation wouldn't be the one that everybody was picking first, but I thank God for the fact that even though you may have skipped me, God said, that's just enough. Look at somebody and tell them, that's enough, that's enough. And so I thought about this story because this was very significant. Understand the significance. This wasn't just another miracle story. This was the first public miracle that Jesus ever performed. Now, obviously, when Jesus did his first miracle, certainly there was something significant because he wanted to set the tone for what his ministry would look like. He didn't want to get started doing something unique or that was insignificant. He wanted to start out doing something that was unique. He wanted to do something that would be remembered. So, what Jesus did was Jesus decided that this was the day and this was the place and this was the way that he wanted to perform his first 
public miracle. Now understand the context surrounding this situation. There was a wedding taking place and weddings were not the way they are now. See, I, I know a little bit about a wedding. My wife and I recently married a few years ago and we had great planning and we had great expense and it was a lot going on, right? But it was only for one day. Understand that in this culture, the wedding lasted several days. There was a continual celebration that took place. So imagine if we put so much emphasis in what it takes to have a wedding for one day. Imagine how much it would take to have a wedding celebration feeding the same people, giving the same people something to drink, having the same celebration. Isn't it interesting how that culture was putting the emphasis on the wrong thing? Allow me to stop for a moment. Beware of people that will try to take what should be your celebration and make it about them because in that culture it was more about the other people than it was about the bride and the groom but I believe God's going to allow you to enter into a season where you can celebrate and the focus won't be on the wrong people it will be on you just look at somebody and tell them when it's my season it's going to be about me and so naturally, please understand, I'm saying all this because I don't want you to think that it was just we bought a little bit from Sam's and Walmart and we thought we could get by for one day. No, it was several days of festivities. So in all of these days, all of a sudden, the wine runs out. And when the wine ran out, Jesus was there. But I told you earlier, it didn't matter to him, but it mattered to the one that mattered to him. And I want you to know that although there are some things, believe it or not, beloved, that God may not be considering. He will consider you. And as long as you have enough faith, as long as you have enough belief, as long as you have enough confidence to trust that if I can put this thing in his hand, he'll still do it for me. Just look at somebody and tell them we good like that. We good. Yeah, God and I have such a relationship that it doesn't matter what the details are about the situation. We serve a God that does not want you to be embarrassed. We serve a God that does not want you to be ashamed. And I know contrary to popular opinion that makes us feel like God only wants the things that he wants. We serve a God that said, I will give you the desires of your heart. Now here's the question. Check your heart because if your heart doesn't look right, he's not going to give you what's wrong. But as long as you have clean hands and a pure heart, God says, I'll give you the things that line up and so the wine ran out and his mother said Jesus we have no wine what are we going to do and what's significant about this miracle of course the fact that water was turned into wine I, I, I don't want to make light of that I understand that is no easy thing I I, I understand that that's powerful that God could take a substance that had no ingredients of the other substance and still bring it forth. I, I understand that something that was naturally weak, could he could take that and produce something that was the strongest. Somebody ought to get excited. Y'all don't even know when to shout. I've been gone too long. But you've got to understand that God has the ability to take something that does not make sense and he will do something that still doesn't make sense because what God wants to do with your life is not something that makes sense. God wants to do something that when it's all said and done, we will know that only God could have done this. So he takes water and turns it into wine. 
I will submit that's the only time we should go get some wine, the wine that Jesus turned. But eh, that's another discussion. But, but, but check this out. I, I don't want to focus on that. I don't want to focus on that today. I, I, I know what he did, and that's great. But, but what really got me is what he used to do it. And the reason why I'm on that is because God says, William, I want you to let fellowship know prophetically there are two things. Number one, I'm going to do something great. I'm going to do something mighty. But I want you to know that I'm going to do it through you. And I'm going to do it through your circumstance. God said, I want you to drop that word in the house because sometimes we can get so caught up on the end mean and the result that we don't recognize that God will do what we expect him to do out of us and out of it. And I want somebody in the room to know today that not only is he going to produce, but God says, I'm going to produce through the very thing that you're in right now. I came here to let somebody know that we serve a God that will look at it and say, I can still do it through the, what are you talking about, Pastor Cooper? Please go to verse number six and understand that yes, Jesus used the jars that were nearby, but, but to understand these were not just jars that were ordinary. These were not the jars that you would typically use. These were the jars that were used for ceremonial washing. In other words, when the guests wanted to wash their hands, they used these jars. When the guests wanted to wash their feet, they used these jars. When the guests wanted to use it to sanitize and clean themselves, these were the jars that they used. But I'm so glad that when God says, when I'm ready to do a miracle, I don't have to go get the jars out the kitchen. I can still use what's in the bathroom because point number one is that when Jesus got ready to perform the miracle, write this down, he repurposed the jars. He repurposed it because here's the thing. He said, I don't need to do it the same way everyone else has done it or else it wouldn't be a miracle. He repurposed the jars. And, and you know what's amazing? It's amazing that we can ask God to do something extraordinary, but expect something extraordinary to come through an ordinary way. If you want God to do something extraordinary, then you've got to start looking for him to do it in extraordinary ways. Some of you in the room today, the problem is you're asking God to bless, you're asking God to heal and deliver, but you're not willing to go through extraordinary means to get an extraordinary blessing and as long as you are stuck in the ordinary can I tell you a secret you will produce ordinary but the moment you lift up those hands and say God allow me to step into the supernatural that's the moment that the supernatural result is going to hit your life and I stop by here point number one to let somebody if I got ten people that will stand up and lift your hands up to let you know that God sees your joy and God says, I'm getting ready to repurpose what you thought was over. God says, it's just getting started. I wish I had about 10 people in Fellowship Church that would lift up your hands and thank God for the fact that he's repurposing your jobs. 
I feel like preaching today. I feel like preaching. I don't know who you are in the room, but I know you've been used up by people. You, you've been used up by situations, and, and you thought this was all it was going to be. But I just came to let you know today the blessing is not in what you've done. The blessing is in the distance. What are you talking about? For the Bible said that nearby those jaws were near Jesus. And as long as you're near the house, as long as you're near Jesus, it does not matter how you've been used because God is still able to repurpose your jaws. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it doesn't matter what I look like because I'm still close enough to Jesus. And as long as I'm close enough to Jesus, it doesn't matter where I've been. It doesn't matter what I've done because I'm still close to Jesus. I feel a preacher in the house today. Jesus, somebody shout repurpose. Jesus saw the same jars. He saw the same thing, but he saw a different way. I'm so glad that I serve a God that can see the same that you see, but he can see how it can be done differently. Jesus did not limit what could be done with those jars based on what he had seen. And the mistake that some of you are making in this room is you are limiting your perspective of your life. You're limiting your perspective of God based on what you've seen done through other people. But you've got to understand that their way is their way. But what God wants to do in you is what he wants to do. And he wants to know, will you have enough faith to trust me for what I'm going to do with you? I'm not worried. I thank God for what he's doing for my brother and my sister. But for what I believe in God for, look at somebody and tell them this is personal. This is between me and him. And I dare not discredit my God. Because you don't even know the lack of faith that other people may have had. And God said you might just be the one that has the missing ingredient. I, I got you excited. But beloved, please hear this next part though. In order for purpose to be revealed... Sometimes problems have to be realized because the purpose of the jars came through the problem of deficit. In other words, they could not experience the newness that was associated with the jars until a problem came up. And sometimes God will use problems to reveal purpose. And you are praying, asking God to remove the problem when you need to say God revealed the purpose because God has a unique way of doing things. Sometimes you may see problems, but God sees portal. God says, this is the way in which I want to change your entire life. And rather than asking God to change all my problems, sometimes you need to say, God, let these problems change me. Because sometimes the problems cannot leave until you change. And God will sometimes use problems to reveal purpose. I only got about five that stood up out of the last group because y'all were excited about repurposing. But you got to understand, if you're going to be repurposed,
is you got to know how to go through some stuff. You got to know how to experience the problem. Because God said, I sent that problem because before I worked it out, there were some things I wanted to work out of you. And somebody in the room ought to lift up your hands and say, God, whatever the purpose is, whatever you sent this in my life to do, say three words, Lord, do it. Don't be so quick to complain about the problem. I'll go back to the gym because when I was working out, I did play football. I understood that I had to lift weights in order to build my strength. But strength could not be built until weakness was exposed. Because now I know the area that I got to work out in. And some of you are trying to change the weight when you need to just surrender and let the weight change you. Because you're not supposed to stay operating at a level of weakness. God says, I called to bring you up into a level that makes you stronger. And don't be afraid of weakness because I've learned that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Because whenever I'm lifting that weight that seems too heavy for me, the good news about it is it's really not me on my own because I've got something on the inside of me that's still helping me push that weight. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad about the fact that I serve a God that does not allow me to lift it by myself. Okay, I think that point is good. Point number one, he repurposed the jars. But then there's something interesting that happened. The condition of the jars. We see what the jars were assigned to do. But what happens when your assignment then leaves you empty? Because point number two, he saw the jars, but when he saw them, they weren't even operating in the function that they were supposed to be in. The jars were empty. So point number two is God will repurpose your jar. And I've only got three. Point number two is God will replenish the jar. Now, I'm going to work this one right here because there's really two points in this one point. The, the, the first point that I want to bring to your attention is the fact that God will never allow you to be full in the wrong place only to be empty in the right place. So in order for God to do something in your life, everything that you have lost assigned into the wrong seasons, into the wrong places, connected to the wrong people, God said, surely you trust that I'm not going to allow you to be full over there, but be empty in this season. So the first part of that is God is, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. The point is God says, I will replenish the jars. God says, I'm going to fill you up. I will not allow you to pour yourself out in other seasons only to have nothing left to give when it is your season. Is there anybody in the room that can say, Pastor Cooper, I'm pouring out. I've given out in other seasons. But now that it's my season, I believe in God to replenish me. I believe in God to restore everything that was lost. I need about 25 people to stand up on your feet. And let's turn this into a worship moment. Because you need to worship God right here. Because God says, I'm replenishing you. I'm restoring you. Everything you lost in the wrong season.
it. God says, I'm making it right. Take about 10 seconds and worship. Come on, keep worshiping. Keep worshiping for your refill. Come on, can you worship God? I know you poured out. I know it hurt you. I know you thought you would be empty. But can you allow the spirit to refill you right now? Come on, keep worshiping. Keep worshiping. I cannot allow you to be empty in this place because I'm the one that brought you here. And I'm not going to take you to a place that I cannot keep you. And somebody in the middle of the room better thank God for the fact that he brought me this far. And I heard the songwriter say, if he brought me this far, then it'll take me all the way. Somebody in the room ought to thank God for the fact that not only will he bring you, but we serve a God that will keep you. I'll give you everything that is needed. All right. He replenished them. But there's something else there, and I promise you, I'm really, I've got about five minutes left, so y'all need to push me right here, because the quicker you push me, the quicker I can holler and we can leave, all right? Can we make that deal? Five minutes on the clock, tell somebody we're in the fourth quarter, we're in the fourth quarter. So, so he replenished, he replenished them. Get ready, Marcus, I'm getting ready to leave now. He replenished them, watch this. Now, there are two parts. That was the first part. But the second part, and this is what blessed me right here, and this is gonna bless somebody else. That you, you have to understand, allow me to give you this, this, this sub point. When reading the Bible, I've learned to pay attention to the details. Because oftentimes, the greatest revelation can be found in the thing that's easiest to miss. Because God says, I got to see if you're willing to dig deep enough to find it. So, the, here's what blessed me. Not only did he tell them to fill up the jars, but <clears throat> he filled them up to the brim. Now, if you know anything about a container, the more you use water, you really want to leave yourself a little bit of room so that if you're washing, you don't want to wash if you're making a mess every time you're trying to dig deep. So if it's filled up to the brim, then it cannot fulfill the assignment that you need. But what Jesus wanted to do was so different that this time I've got to extend your capacity because I've got to fill you up to the very top now because the assignment that I've placed on your life is not the same assignment that was. So in this place, I'm now not only do I need to replenish you, but now I need to extend and increase your capacity because what was your tipping point in previous seasons, God says, congratulations, you just got an extension because now I knew I could trust your level of capacity there. So now I'm raising the bar and raising the standard of what your capacity is. So now God is saying, not only am I filling you, but I'm filling you to the very top. And I don't know who this is for, but is there anybody in the room that can lift up your hands and say, I thank God for the fact that not only is he refilling me, but he's giving me more than what I had back then. Because what I'm stepping into is more than what I was. So God says, I'm not just going to give you the 
same touch. I'm not going to give you the same anointing. I'm not going to give you the same grace. But look at your neighbor and shout more grace. And I want to release that into the house today. Because God said tell Fellowship Church. I'm releasing more grace. More grace for the assignment. More grace for what's ahead. Somebody in the room ought to lift up your hands. And thank God for the fact that he's given me more grace. Somebody in the room ought to rejoice. Because he won't leave me where he found me. I thank God for the fact that I'm stepping into more. I just got one more point and it's time to go home. One more point. But I want to stay there because for some of you in the room, you're used to operating below. You're used to operating in the average. But God says, I want you to step into the above average. God says, I'm increasing your capacity. Lift those hands all over the room. Lift those hands all over the room because I feel an anointing to release right here in this moment because for some of you, you've gotten used to operating below. You've gotten used to being subpar. You've gotten used to operating in the wrong place and in the wrong season. But I feel the anointing of God saying release right now. An anointing to go above. God says not only will I refill you, but I'm going to give you the ingenuity. I'm going to give you the brain. I'm going to give you the wisdom and the skills to match this new level. I stopped by here today to let somebody know that God is not just going to give you what you've had, but he's going to give you more than enough so you can do more than enough. Now somebody lift up those hands and receive the release. Come on, let that minister to you. Let that minister to you. Because for some of you, God says, I'm introducing you to your new normal. What was normal for you is getting ready to be abnormal right now. I need about a few more people to stand up on your feet and tap into this. Because this anointing right here is not for the people that are satisfied. But this anointing is for the people that say, I want to step into the new normal that God has for me. I want to step into the new way of living. I want to step into the new way of thinking. God says, I'm introducing you to a new place. What once was good is not good enough. I dare you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, and do me a favor, don't say this if you don't have enough faith to believe it. But I need you to look them dead in the eye. And after you say this, I need you to release a praise that means you believe it. I need you to look your neighbor dead in the eye and say it like you mean it because that was weak. Say, neighbor, my old high is getting ready to be my new low. Now, I need some people to give God a praise for that right there. What once was high for me has now, there we go, I feel like I'm in church right there. What once was high is now low. I'm not operating. I feel like preaching if you help me. I feel like hollering. I guess somebody.
your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, when God gets through replenishing, when God, thank you, son, gets through, not only will it repurpose you, not only will it replenish you, but the fun thing is, God will represent you after I repurpose you.
that you forget God's track record. I may not know your story, but I know his history. And his history says he's going to do it for you. I need about 10 people in the room to give God a praise right here that will seal it right here. That will seal the word of the Lord that was spoken. Give him a praise that says I believe it. Give him a praise that says I receive it. Give him a praise that declares, I believe God. I believe God, yes sir. Come on, somebody ought to pull on heaven right now. The same God that saw the jaws, here's my hands. The same God that saw the jaws, here's my worship. The same God that saw the jaws, here's my voice. 
the same God that Father God hears my heart. Somebody introduce yourself to heaven. Lift those hands all over the room. Remember the Jaws Fellowship. I know you've been familiar with everything concerning your situation. But today God said I wanted to shift your attention and remind you of those six little jars. It was late. They had ran out of wine. But God still had an answer. God says, not only will I use your problem to reveal your purpose, but God says, I'm going to use you to be the answer to somebody else's problem. Because it wasn't just about them. It was about being blessed to be a blessing. It was about being used for a greater purpose than themselves. And God says, I'm not just going to bless you. That can only make you selfish. But I'm going to give you so much that you have no other choice but to overflow. And to impact generations in your family. And to impact your community. And to impact everyone that comes in contact with you. Lift those hands. Play softly. Fill me up till I overflow. That's what I hear the Lord saying today I need some people in the room that really want God to do it for you come to this altar I'm going to pray no gimmicks no games but I came with an anointing to release in this place today baby girl can you grab a mic can you help me sing can you get a mic for my wife I need you to minister this in the house today God says I'm getting ready to allow you to operate Sing it how you feel it, baby, in a new capacity. Till I overflow, I want to run over. I want to run over. Fill me Give her some more volume, please. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all back there. Lift those hands. Come on, come in in this altar. Come in, come in, come in. You good, those that are on the side. Come on, declare it, baby. God says, I'm feeling you right now. Come on, lift those hands. Receive the release in this place. God is doing something great in this house. Come on, Marcus, let's go, let's go, let's build it right here. Come on, everybody, fill me up. Come on, declare it today. Your season of average is over. Come on, lift those hands. Let the Lord minister to you. Till I overflow. I want to run over. Yes, sir. Come on, declare. Fill me up. 
want you to be filled with emotions. Do you still want God to fill you? Lift those hands all over this altar. This is a word that's changing things. This is a word that's not just changing situations. This is changing your life. And for everybody on this altar that wants God to do it, please understand what this moment means. This moment means that no longer does operating at average or levels that are beneath you, they're no longer good enough. So don't entertain, nor should you ever be content or satisfied again. I need some people on this altar to say, I'm not satisfied. Don't you settle for what the devil has offered you any longer. But you ought to declare, my status is changing as of now. Things in my life are shifting right now. I need you to lift those hands. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, we decree and declare that no longer is average enough. We decree and declare that no longer is lack or insufficiency enough. But we decree and declare that our sufficiency is of you. And God, we heard about you doing it for the jars. But I tell you to throw out your name in the atmosphere. Whatever your name is, say it right now. On this altar, say your name. And every name, God, that was just released, I decree and declare that you remember that name. Open up your mouth and say, remember my name, Jesus. Remember me. I'm standing near you. And I believe that you're able. I believe that you can. I believe that you will. Now, right now on this altar, Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.